Alright guys, welcome back to the Vanasaur Podcast. This is episode 12 here at the Vanasaur Podcast. We are all about van life, overlanding, and basically the culture of Class Bs. We're all about that here. My guest today joining me live. We always do this when we do it on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, my guest joining us live today is Mark Howlett. COO of Truma North America. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Hank. Oh, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to have uh, a chief operating officer on here. You know, uh, I'm going to try to be, <laughs> be in my best behavior, not, not make too much trouble. Um, you know, I don't fight, Hank. It's okay. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, we were talking in the background. This is our first time actually i think having any kind of conversation i'm not even sure if we've met before uh you're, you'd be a hard guy to miss and i don't right. think that, and i'd be a hard guy to miss as well <laughs> yeah um, yeah we probably I, haven't I, pa a, a crossed paths yet no but i have met quite a few folks over at truma and um you know lola and i are fans we have i think your new slogan is truma on board right well, we use we use that um, the hashtag that you'll see Denise using more mm -hmm. is probably the simply better hashtag. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Reinforce kind of the the differentiation that we have in the market and, and being mm -hmm. simply better at uh, at all areas of the business. Okay, cool. There you go. So Lola and I we have a uh, we have a coachman beyond, and there is Trumo on board. Yes, indeed. And we've just upgraded to the uh, to the uh, Truma. Aventi? Is it Aventi? Aventa. So. Aventa. There you go. And it's awesome. It's awesome, by the way. Um, so there you go. And Lola says hi, by the way. Lola's out there in the chat. Anyone else that wants a shout out, wants to say hi, this is your opportunity to do it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start off by letting you introduce yourself to the folks out there. We have a predominantly... Um, you know, Class B van audience, but I think there's other folks that are either interested in RVing, etc. And Truma plays a big part in that. So go ahead and tell the folks who you are, how you came to be working with Truma. Okay. Um, so thanks for the introduction. Thanks for having me on your show, Hank. Um, I've been uh, so I, currently the Chief Operating Officer with Truma North America. I've been with the organization. Since 2013, we founded the North American operations in Elkhart, Indiana in 2013, and I've been with the team since then. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Um, we had some events in, in Elkhart during the open house. Oh, yeah. um, and my role my role is, is supporting both uh, on the sales, uh, business development, new product introduction, as well as operational delivery. We have a warehouse. Um, and service in Elkhart as well as surrounding um, in the uh, the lower states. Um, yeah, that's me. That's <laughs> this is this is the thumbnail I created here. There is Photoshop going on, Mark. <laughs> a little bit of Photoshop, yeah. Yeah, a little um, bit of Photoshop. Is this? Yeah, the, so uh, we're just this... off County Road Six, just down okay. the road from the uh, mm -hmm. the museum and the RV Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. um, so. Quite easily to find, quite easy to find on in, in Elkhart, mm -hmm. and um, yeah. So, like I said, my role is supporting both on the service, but mainly my focus is ensuring that uh, we have the right products for the market. And we understand the market needs and where the market is going. Okay, all right, very good. Um, and and just you know, in this conversation, I think we'll go through the different products that you guys offer as well. But I know Lola wanted to go through a little bit of the history. Uh, okay. I believe that Truma is a German company. You want to tell us, give us yes. the, uh, sh the history? Yeah, so um, long, long history um, of the company. It was founded in 1949. Um, very interesting tie back to the United States when we came to market. Um, the, the founder, Philip Price, in post-World War II, um, he was a teacher and he was teaching English. Um, at the time, Germany, Germany was occupied by... Um, allied forces and speaking English was important, um, but the infrastructure in, in Munich was heavily devastated from the war. Um, and as they were rebuilding the, the infrastructure, um, power outages were, were constant and Philip Kreis actually had some old gas 
uh, propane lanterns in his in his garage that he fixed up um, and started running in his house. So he was actually able to to teach into into the evenings, um, and that spawned kind of the entrepreneurial spirit of of the business. And um, he actually started a business and he benefited from the Marshall Plan. The Marshall Plan was instituted um, in post-World uh, War II Germany to help rebuild the country. Um, and it was heavily pushed by Harry S. Truman. Um, so the name Truma actually comes as a shortened version of Truman. Okay. And we actually have a letter uh, signed by Harry S. Truman where Philip Christ actually sent it to the president at the time and uh, asked to use the name. And uh, the president actually signed back and said, yes, I would be honored. Um, that you use the name and we still have a, a copy of that letter the original I, I i've been told is in a safe somewhere um but we actually have a copy of that in our in our museum and we also now have a copy of it in elkhart so if people are in the elkhart area and they want to, to see some of the products and meet some of our team um they're welcome to come into the to the office so a lot of very interesting to tie back after um several years uh, the tie back between the united states and germany and Truma. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, I see some folks are coming in. By the way, I know we had a little bit of a mix-up with uh, the with the link that we shared, so um, it just wasn't working. So we had to create another link. But uh, I see Travel Dreamer out there as well. Um, and Lola says it's in interesting the tie into Truma and Truman. Uh, that's that's very cool. If you, as you guys are coming in here, hit the thumbs ups. That's the best way. I'll probably ask Lola if she's out there to get rid of the other link once we get this going. So there's only one place once people come to Stranger Palooza to see all of this. So it, it goes back, um, you know, what was the first thing that you guys, that what was the first product that actually went out there? Yeah, so after gas lanterns, and what's interesting mm -hmm. is if you still open up a catalog in Germany, you can still buy the gas lanterns. Oh. Um, and they were they're not being installed today but uh, they are you know up until the 80s those gas lanterns were still being installed in caravans trailers in in the european market oh, wow. um, in the in the early 60s there was a um, kind of evolution of you know wanting to use the vehicles longer into the season and even into the winter season and uh, philip christ actually invented one of the first caravanning heaters um, running on propane, which actually allowed people to extend the use of the season um, and be able to take their vehicles up into the mountains and, and go skiing in the Alps. Um, in the uh, you know, progressing from there, to me, one of the other fundamental um, changes that uh, that Truma introduced was mobile service. Um, and to this day, we have mobile service in North America, but in Europe, we still have in Germany, 23 mobile service techs who will come directly to your house to, to work on Truma products and fix them and make sure that they're running properly. Um, oh, cool. So that, that's, uh, that was, that, there's a couple of pivotal points in companies' histories. And I, I think I always look back that uh, service and being able to support customers was kind of fundamental to that change in, in philosophy and thinking and putting the customer first um, and really changed the mindset in, in Europe. Um, so we, we now produce heating systems, uh, we produce air conditioning systems, we produce hot water heaters. Um, we also have in Europe we, we, and other regions outside of North America, we, we do supply gas regulators for propane systems and maneuvering systems for caravans, which allows the, the user to move their, their trailer independent um, with a remote control. So to get into a tight spots or to park it, um, into your garage or, you know, alongside of the house where it's hard to maneuver with the vehicle, you can unhitch it. And then we have a, um, a motor system, which actually activates against the wheels and allows maneuvering of the trailer, um, into a spot, uh, with pinpoint accuracy. Oh, that sounds pretty interesting. How come that's not here? Uh, you know, the, the story is always for the North Americans. If you can't drive a truck, um, you should probably shouldn't be hauling a trailer. Um, the spaces are a little bit more open. Um, we, we, we've explored bringing the product. Um, we're constantly looking to see if there's some um, need for it. Um, it's just, again, adoption uh, through, uh, 
through end users and, and getting OEMs to kind of commit to, to installing new things. Okay. What's the philosophy over there? That's the that's a, like a, a question that's forefront of my mind of asking, you know, someone like the COO, you know, what is the philosophy in terms of developing products? So, like I said, in our van, we've got the heater that you spoke about works on propane. I love it. And I always get questions from people, though, doing this, you know, they they want electric only everything. I think propane is actually pretty good and very efficient. But those trying to put these two things together, you know, how do you guys look at what you actually develop as products? How do you base that? Yeah, I think in the European market, the, the use of propane and being able to have a tank on a on a trailer is mm -hmm. is. Uh, is, is standard, right? So um, we grew up with propane. It is kind of in our DNA uh, to supply equipment that runs on propane. To your to your comment, you know, the efficiency of a tank of propane mm -hmm. is there's a lot of energy that is stored when you convert that energy in a very efficient fashion um, mm -hmm. to heat or heat hot water or to heat a space. Um, it is a very effective and very clean burning um, fuel source. Mm -hmm. um, electrification, you know, your system has an electric heating element in it as well. Mm -hmm. um, the amount of the, the constraint with electricity and, you know, as you know, you ask the question of where, where do we see technology going and how do we kind of look at technology? Obviously, the, the adaptation of lithium batteries into vehicles, um, having all electric vehicles, vans, um, mm -hmm. small vans, you know, Winnebago has a Class A that that is all electric today. Um, so there are there is there is a movement in that direction. Um, the amount of energy that you need to heat up to be have the same uh, energy supply as propane is is hard to. You know, you you it takes up most of the van to do that, right? So we have to be more efficient at it. Um, and I mean, our philosophy is bringing a product that makes sense. Um, and not just throwing things out there. So it has to work. Uh, we want to make sure that we bring the, the appropriate products. And as I talked about service as well, we have to be able to service it, right? So mm -hmm. um, building up a, a network and um, you know understanding a little bit where the technology is going. We talked earlier off off camera, you know, about the 12 volt technologies versus 48 volt versus 24 volt versus 350 volt. There's still some evolution of It's technology. far from settled. It's far from settled. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's a constantly changing. Um, in my opinion, from a product development side, that is still kind of on the bleeding edge of technology where, you know, the adaptation of, of lithium batteries has really come uh, and even moved from the motorized side into trailers now, right? Where it is mm -hmm. very standard to, to find um, lithium battery systems on a trailer. Um, so, you know, being ready at the right time, I think, is important. Making sure that the market is ready, and you know, having the right solutions, I think, are all part of our mindset when it comes to um, developing products and understanding what the needs are. Right. So, I think you're probably Hank, you and you know your your followers are probably on that kind of leading innovation edge, wanting new technology. Um, you know, you want to I be find able to it talk to be fifty fifty. Like I'm always looking. My I'm always looking for new stuff. But I could tell you half the folks out there don't want anything new. They want, like, right. the tried and true stuff. Um, you know, that's one of the things I hear. For example, uh, there's a trend, I think, with half of the RVers out there to go back to switches over the control panels. <laughs> right? But yeah, I like I, the tech. I, I'm I like also tech. a fan of redundancy um, mm -hmm. in a vehicle, right? Because uh, mm -hmm. if there's one thing that's going to break in a vehicle, it's probably the computer. Yeah. Um, and it's the, you know, you can, you can call your IT guy. The first thing he's going to tell you is to reboot it. Um, mm -hmm. And th those, those things are, can be a nuisance to the user. Mm -hmm. um, and we, again, from our philosophy, our goal is that when you're out camping, um, you shouldn't have to worry about if the air conditioner is going to work, whether you have hot water, whether I have heat, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We want you to be focused on enjoying what you're doing. Um, and when you press that button, it should work. Um, right. So, you know, we spend a lot of time even with integrators to make sure that our equipment can be integrated successfully. Um, but we always require that our control panel is in the vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, and that gives you some level of redundancy. If there ever is a problem with the unit, um, you don't have to worry about the computer system in the background um, being the, the, 
the weak link in the system and you can always refer back to our system directly where we're connected direct to our unit. Yeah, I think when you first get a, a van or whatever RV you get into, it, it's kind of overwhelming because they're all these different systems incorporated into it, right? It's, uh, you've got, uh, so when we got ours, we had a different AC in here. We had stuff from Truma. We have, you know, there's, there's a refrigerator. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm in my van right now. There's just all these different systems, and it's kind of overwhelming. But I've, I've found that, um, you know, one, I do, I like technology personally because it's easy to use. So, for example, I don't, I don't know that we could do this with an app with the heater, but if you can control your AC from outside of the van, you can cool your van down before you get into it. Or if you're not in it, but your pet is in there, you can keep track of that, right? Now, it is awesome, though, when you get into trouble and something is not working right, or you're not exactly sure how it works, to be able to flip that switch and force it to do what you want it to do. So I think there needs to be a balance with that, I think. Uh, the folks out there need to probably work harder on teaching people when they get their vans how to use it, but then also those different systems. So, for example, if I'm looking at something from Truma, let's say, and I don't understand it, there should be some easy way for me. Every, you know, no matter how messed up they are or how old school, everyone's got one of these phones. I should just be able to go there, see a, a QR code or something, and go to instructions on how to use it. I find the Truma stuff to be easy. But I've put 55,000 miles on here. Um, if we re rewind a little bit, there probably was a learning curve, I would say, to figuring out how to use it. So do you no, think definitely, definitely there is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, what shows we attended. Our, our goal mm -hmm. when, we, when we attend shows is not to sell things. It's there to support the customers, to support the manufacturers, to support the dealers who are selling mm -hmm. things and give that, uh, that little... Um, that that training that you need to make your your trip a little bit easier, right? So yeah. you know a, a few pointers on how to operate the control panel, and you know I'll put it out to to your uh, your watchers as well that uh, you know if they ever do have um, a concern or an issue, our, our team is is available um, to call our our toll free number. Or you can send us an email, and we're here to support them as well, um, answering any questions they have. It's I can understand how frustrating it is. Sometimes it's like getting into newer cars or like you said, buying that new phone. Um, it's not always intuitive immediately um, if it's new technology for you. And there's a lot of new people coming into the market, coming into the industry. Um, we want to continue to not make it uh, um, difficult for new entry into the market. And you know, when people get frustrated, they tend to want to leave. So you know, our goal is to, to ensure that they stay and we grow the RV industry in general. Yeah, and I would just say to people, I know as from the point of view of a YouTuber, it's probably boring and not the best idea to make a video just on how you get your van heated up or how you heat up your hot water before you take a shower and stuff like that. But I'll be willing to do it if folks out there tell me, hey, this is something that we come across, you know, this is an issue for us and we want something to do it. Even if we just make a quick video, put it up there and it helps out and, you know, I think my interaction with your folks they're always uh, looking for those kind of opportunities for us to make those kinds of videos so ask me and I'll figure out a way to get it done um, just to go and we'll go support ahead. you man. absolutely thank you I appreciate that uh, Lola has a question here that I will go to she says uh, so with propane being so efficient what is the myth slash stigma against it on on the consumer side is it a lack of understanding misconceptions um, I mean, uh, if you flip to Facebook, uh, you always see these pictures of, of RBs on the side of a road where a fridge has, has caught fire. So there, there's always, I think there is a little stigma from some people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, fuels uh, like natural gas and propane are, are very similar and they are burned uh, um, very effectively. And it, my, stove, my stove in my house is, is a natural gas stove. Um, the, the technology is, is very safe uh, when it comes to using it. I think the one of the downsides that people encounter with, with propane in particular um, is that uh, the availability of getting tanks filled. Um, okay. You know, and you know, as a traveler and you've, you've put a lot of miles on your van, 
you know, you have to somewhat map out where where you want to find that energy source, right? And it's mm -hmm. not like you're going to a gas station and every gas station has a propane refilling tank, right? So yeah. I think that's part of the issue when it comes to people who are who are like yourselves, want to travel a lot, and mm -hmm. then they want to, to be a miser when it comes to using the propane. I think our system um, allows you a longer time off-grid off because the efficiency of our product. So as you guys might have already heard, Lola and myself are brand ambassadors for Sunshine State RV. And as Vanasaurs, I want to take this moment to encourage anyone who is in the market for a Class B van to start their journey with SSRV. Sunshine State RVs specializes in selling Class B vans and B plus RVs. That is the reason why they are the number one dealer in all of the state of Florida. Number three in the whole United States. SSRV will fly you right to their location in Gainesville, Florida. They'll give you a very detailed and thorough walkthrough of your van, and they'll give you a two night stay at a local campground so you can get used to your van. If you don't like that, you can actually have hands-free delivery anywhere in the United States of your RV. We bought our Coachman Beyond from Sunshine State RV two years ago. And over the past two years, we've seen how they treat customers when it comes to warranty side. Their service team is great. Whether you bought it from them or not, every person that comes in there gets the same service and care when it comes to warranty repairs. The same service, attention, and care. And their team does a great job getting you back on the road safely. So if you guys are in the market for a B or B plus van, consider Sunshine State RV. We've got a link in the description that you guys can use to see their current inventory and have someone get in touch with you. I apologize for that, Mark. I Not a problem. I should have been watching the countdown. I, I looked at it earlier. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't watching it either. I got caught up in what you're saying. I think I think you're making I think you're making a good point here. Um, you know what? I think over the time that we've owned our van and we've traveled all over the country, um, you know, I've been to places where it's cold and all that, and and thankfully we were able to you know heat up the water and have showers or just heat up the van. I've never really had a big problem finding a place to fill up the propane. I think I've done it probably, um, I think I've done it at least three or four times. So I, you're, I think you're right. Not everywhere has propane. And I think that regions around the country, it's so weird. Um, on the West Coast, in certain places, it's very difficult to find any of these things. And then in other places, other regions, it's very easy. Almost every... Uh, gas station you go to or every other gas station has it um, typically you can you can find propane at uh, dealerships so RV dealerships or places that sell uh, RV parts and stuff like that you can find it at your bigger gas stations especially the ones that that serve uh, truckers and stuff like that you can find it um, I've just never really had a problem I've never had an empty tank and I've also found it to be very efficient um, I don't know, maybe I'm going to guess right now, maybe I'm doing like two tanks a year, but that's just how I, I spend most of my time in warm places versus cold. But when it's cold, you're going to be happy that you have it. And I think the, the, the contrast here is, and I've got, I've got batteries here in the van. I've got Battleborn batteries, uh, 540 amp hours in here. And like you said, your system can do just electric, uh, electricity to, to warm everything up. I can literally see that battery going down <laughs> when that's happening. So it's, it's great to have, um, to, to have propane, I think. And of course you could do a mix. I think the solution to that is you can, you can mix the two. Yeah. I would always recommend with our product that you put it in mix. If you have mm -hmm. uh, available electric, whether you're plugged in on shore power, if you have that energy source on board, mm -hmm. Um, I think the other the other thing I would add as well is and back to your earlier question of you know, mm -hmm. where do we see you know and how do we look at technology? Um, mm -hmm. We have introduced a, a diesel a powered system. Um, so for um, and it's something that we've offered in Europe for a long time and it's available mm -hmm. in the, in the, to OEMs now as an original equipment install. Um, so some people are looking for that ability to draw off you know the fuel that is already there. Um, gasoline will, will come next um, so that if you have a gasoline powered vehicle that the unit can run directly off that local supply and for those people you know some people you know I think it's a great question I, I've heard of vehicles that don't have any propane on board and people ask for propane because they like to cook with propane 
Um, it is a it is an efficient. Um, it heats up very quickly, and you have to imagine. So the heater that you have in your in your vehicle um, is about a four kilowatt um, heating system. If okay. you run it on electric, it's about one point eight kilowatts. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you have twice as much energy um, coming out of the propane as you do as the electric supply, and therefore you you will um, obviously you can heat things up faster when you when you do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I cook with gas at home and, you know, it's amazing how, how much faster things do heat up. Um, but again, the energy source is, is different. Um, yeah. um, and in the future will be, you know, going to a single fuel and eventually going, if there is an all electric vehicle, I still, I'm a believer that I believe the, the future of at least heating for hot water and, um, heat will be some type of hybrid between a a fuel source, whether it's a small tank of propane. Um, like you said, you've only filled up three times. You're still using it for hot water. Um, mm-hmm. People, I, I know people that uh, um, who have fifth wheels that use our water heating system and, you know, they'll fill up. They went from filling up uh, 10 times a year to filling up four times a year um, when they switched over to our water heater because it was more efficient um, yeah. use of energy. Right? Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's a good point you're bringing up. And I I would agree with you. I have an electric van. I'm looking at electric stuff. The the issue with the electric van, for example, mine, it's really nice. Very nice vehicle. It has about 120 mile range on it. So that's good for me running around town or for the intended purpose of it, for last mile deliveries, for, you know, like electricians, plumbing trucks, etc. I think that works great for that. However, for folks traveling, just for that, you know, to, to not have that um, range anxiety thing going on, you're gonna we're going to need to put in extenders. Now, the problem with when you look at all these things, like people, we were talking about propane, you know, people think, okay, that's dangerous. Well, when you look at electric, the number one complaint I get from everyone is that the batteries are dangerous. Like, all oh, those electric cars are always on fire. Technically, they don't go on fire any more than any other vehicles. But this is a fear that we all have as human beings. But, you know, if you're in a gasoline-powered car, it could go on fire, diesel, you know. And on obviously, um, you know, I prefer small government, but the government is here looking at all these things, right? <laughs> so propane tanks are regulated. They're incredibly safe. Very, uh, very difficult to actually puncture a propane tank. Right, based on the based on the size and all that kind of stuff. There's a whole bunch of different rules and laws with all of these things that are out there. But ultimately, we have to take risks. If you want energy, there's some kind of risk. So it, that's kind of a long way for me to say that if we're gonna actually use um, electric vans, probably you're gonna need propane or something as a range extender. Right? At least propane is clean, or it's cleaner. Let's say. Um, than diesel or than gas, so it's at least fifty percent cleaner from what I've looked at, right? So that's a that's a decent range extender, right? And another reason to use propane if you have it. Yeah, I mean at least for your your house side of the vehicle, right? So mm-hmm. again, I don't, you know, you talked about the last mile delivery. Most most electric vehicles that exist today, you know, their range is is under two hundred miles, and mm-hmm. therefore you don't want to be using that energy to run your air conditioner. Or run your heating system or your hot water system because it's taking away from your range. Mm-hmm. So having some mixture of those um, capabilities um, in the future, I think, is is where technology will land first. Mm-hmm. But there's always evolution of battery technology and the, mm-hmm. the ability to uh, to make it more compact and make it safer. And I would just add, even on the safety side, Hank, you know, to, to your listeners, it's um, you, you are driving around in a house. Your house requires some level of maintenance. Um, you know, we try to make our product as maintenance-free as possible, and propane burns very clean. Um, but you know, there there are other things that you have to take care of inside the vehicle, and that's you know, you talked earlier about you know when a, when you know having the vehicle for a couple of days from your from your local dealer that you purchased your vehicle. Th- those things are important to understand the technology and understand you know what. What do you need to take care of, right? If you don't take care of it, it, it can always fail. And uh, um, typically, some of those uh, those issues that you hear about or read about are, are maintenance related. Yeah, anything anything out there is dangerous if you don't know what you're dealing with. 
So you really need to take the time. And I think expense is going to be the big thing here. To put that 540 amp hours worth of battery in my van is a minimum another, I would say, ten, twelve thousand dollars right. right? And typically on vans, we're looking at anything from ten to 20000 People are trying to find ways of making that cheaper. It's just really not going to be easy to do it. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope that we have sense when we develop this stuff and think about the cost because that is a huge part of this. Um, and I know already like class B vans, for example, are very expensive, but you know, we don't want to make them more ex People complain to me when I do a, a, a video on a van, it's $200,000. And I think that's expensive. I mean, right. you know, we're talking, you could probably buy a, a, a plane, you know, and fly around for that kind of money. Um, I, I would like to see it get, you know, more affordable as well. So. Yeah, we really do need to think about that. Okay, so Travel Dreamer has uh, we could talk. I could talk about this forever, but Travel Dreamer has a question here um, or a comment. He says with panels, some of them don't have enough contrast or uh, type size for the visually impaired. So I, I think he's talking about you know your control panels, the smart right. stuff that's in the vans. Yeah. Uh, um, well, there is the there is the ability to increase the. The brightness oh, the, there, the there is some mm -hmm. options there to increase the contrast mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean again for the future we're, we're looking at uh, mm -hmm. new technology um, to, to replace the, our current panels move them to mm -hmm. a touch panel um, add some of those capabilities where you would have near field or far field capabilities mm -hmm. in the future as well yeah. um, that's where technology is today and uh, um, we want to start bringing the, that technology to the market here in North America. So um, we're looking at some improvements. Um, my goal would hopefully be late next year that you'll start to see some of that newer technology, which should alleviate some of those those issues uh, for for people um, relative to the, the interface and the HMI. Okay. I think one of the things here, it's almost, have you ever had the conversation with anyone about iPhone versus Android? <laughs> It's a good way to start a fight. <laughs> and no, I try to avoid those things. As, as soon as you say versus, it, it creates yeah. confrontation. Yes, exactly, exactly. I'm an iPhone guy, but, you know, I've got lots of friends out there that are Android. But this is the issue, right? With Android, for example, you have all these different uh, phones that could be made. So, I don't know, there's probably a thousand different phones you can have with Android, and that software's got to run that. With Apple, they, they have a closed garden system, right? Um, you know, there's just one set of hardware that's going out there. And they know exactly what's in it and how it works. So to get all those things to work together is just easier. Now, when you're talking about the RV world, <laughs> everyone's making vans in all kinds of different ways and putting different combinations of things in there i would say that and i'm not just saying this to you because you're here i would say when i look at vans the most common thing that i see or when i look at any kind of rvs is there's some kind of truma on board that thing that's why that's that sticks in my head there's some there's something from truma in there right so i think to get all of this stuff worked out we're just really going to have to figure out you know how do what kind of where do we make things universal do you think that's possible? Do you see a future of that in the RV world? Um, you know, so uh, just on that point, there is a, um, you know, there's a lot of connected vehicles now. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about, you know, integrators and having a, a control mm -hmm. panel to turn your lights on and see your water mm -hmm. levels. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. all of that is typically running through a bus system, the CAN bus system and mm -hmm. the RV industry. And I, I sit on the committee for the RVC committee okay. which is the rv can um, version of the uh, the system which allows communication between components and the computers to make sure that everything runs efficiently sending signals um, you know between your phone and you know the technology of bluetooth and far field with wi-fi connections mm -hmm. um, there are committees as part of the industry the rv rvia or the um recreational vehicle uh, industry association um, where we where we work together both as suppliers and as manufacturers to develop standards and best practices to use so there is a movement there hank to, to help support that um, in those technology evolutions um, as they continue to make it a little bit easier for 
new technology to be integrated into new vehicles. Okay. All right. Um, well, the next time you see those guys, can you get them to like bring it down to one thing? I I get confused between amp hours, for example. Like I said, five hundred and forty amp hours and and uh, watts, right? You know, right. or watts per hour. And I think I I think that probably watts per hour is better. But you've you've got to figure out how to. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the that's that's a totally different topic mm -hmm. on electricity yeah. and talking about uh, how we how we measure know solar power coming in and mm -hmm. amp hours of batteries and how much draws on your air mm -hmm. conditioner versus mm -hmm. your water heater for instance so um i i hear you as well and as a guy that's kind of in the in the uh um in the industry it's somewhat difficult sometimes to compare things and talk about um one product versus another mm -hmm. and i think you know to your point uh being having some common language out in the industry would be would be helpful for the consumers as well yeah yeah i think the technology is changing so fast and and there's just so many different options out there so it's you know it's good to know that someone's out there thinking about it and we're moving in that direction i think there's definitely a lot of confusion um when it w one of the things i wanted to talk about talking talking about like developing products right mm -hmm. um do you think i know it's a german company right germans mm -hmm. tend to over engineer stuff right do you think that's like part of the equation of what's going on here because i i i'm personally a fan of what you guys are making but i see so many other things i'm like man when is you know when's truma gonna do this thing you know, when are they going to do this? Like, we're talking about batteries, for example, and I don't want to get in any trouble of, like, what you guys are developing, but do you guys think about jumping into this? No, I mean, anything that touches uh, our systems um, mm -hmm. is is, uh, is important for us. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, we in Europe and in other parts of the world, we do provide gas regulators, gas hoses, mm -hmm. um, systems that help control the supply of that energy. Um as we continue to evolve, I mean, our history has been in the heating, um, cooling, and the comfort areas uh, of of the the vehicle and the caravan and the motorhome. Um, mm -hmm. But as things evolve, you know, we're always looking at where the needs are and can we add value. So I think it's important for us to make sure that you know if it's just going to be some type of commodity mm -hmm. um, supply, you know, solar panels. I can go to the hardware store and buy solar panels today. So. Um, it has to be somewhat uh, innovation and technology development for us that, that kind of goes beyond um, what I can buy at the hardware store for us. So we're, we're constantly looking at those levels of technology, um, Hank. And, uh, you know, our primary focus coming to North America was to first focus on being able to supply technology that, um, you know, when we came to market, uh, you could buy a $600,000 Class A or you could buy a $10,000 pop-up trailer, and they both had the same water heater on them. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to, to to add a different level of innovation and technology to the market, um, making things more efficient, um, making things more compact. You know, the Combi, um, you know, you, you see a lot of B-Vans. The reason that the, the Combi is kind of uh, a staple in that, in that uh, marketplace is due to the fact of its compact size Space. and its efficiency, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, that is something that is somewhat driven by our, our European heritage. Um, Europeans require things to be compact and efficient, right? And right. Um, the other thing is longevity of the product, right? So it has to last a long time because the Europeans only want to buy it once. Um, <laughs> That's they, a good they're philosophy. Not, uh, so, they're, they're not so consumer driven as, right. as North Americans are. Yeah, I think that's a good point right there that you made. I hear that question or that comment all the time from folks out there. When is American stuff going to get more like the European stuff? Especially we were just talking about the price of these things. And I would agree with that philosophy. I don't want to buy a van or any RV every year or every two years. These things are ridiculous. They're, I mean, they're literally mortgages that folks are taking out or you're yep. if you've got the the cash for that maybe if you retired or something that's a big chunk of your retirement when is right. when do you think that's going to happen that here in america we get away from you know trading out of these things every year for a few years i'd i'd love to have predictions of the market <laughs> hank and if you can figure that out uh, 
Um, I'll, I'll hire you tomorrow and you can come work with my team to figure out where, where things are going and where prices are going. Um, I think there is obviously when you're like anything, when you produce at a lower volume level, mm -hmm. things, prices, prices are going to be higher. You don't have that same um, leverage of a supply chain that, uh, that is buying thousands and thousands of pieces mm -hmm. or hundreds of thousands. I mean, the, the RV industry will produce around 300,000 units this year. Mm -hmm. um, the majority of those will be will be uh, travel trailers, right? So mm -hmm. motorized vehicles make up a very small portion of the overall industry in North America, and therefore the you know the van that you're sitting in, the RV industry buys very few of them, right? Mm -hmm. So their buying power is is somewhat limited with uh, um, you know with Dodge and with Mercedes and with Ford when they comes when it comes to buying those vehicles. You know, as there's more adaptation, the, the B-Van market is the fastest growing segment um, in, in the industry. Um, it's great to see it. It's, uh, it's been great for us to, to ride along with that. Um, and, you know, as more and more people, and you mentioned it as well, you know, they use them as daily, daily drivers. And our goal and my philosophy is always, you know, if you can extend the use of that vehicle and that investment that you've made and use it all year round, not just traveling to a, Florida but you know go to Colorado and go skiing that heating system that you have um, will heat up that vehicle and allow you to stay in that vehicle comfortably and ski in ski out of your your house right mm -hmm. um, so maximizing that investment that you made um, I think is important as well we've got 20 seconds to your next second yeah. Hank. we learned our lesson we learned our lesson I would just say this in the couple of seconds that we have left I think I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but I think America is moving in that direction. I think that's why Class B vans are moving up for lots of different reasons. People are seeing that it makes sense to, you know, to buy like that. Lola and I are now official brand ambassadors for Coachman Class B. So I wanted to take a moment to tell you guys why we as Vanasaurs, like it says on our T-shirt, are very excited about our partnership with Coachman Class B. First off, Coachman RVs has been a leader to the great outdoors since 1964. So next is the fact that Coachman really cares about you as an owner. Whether you bought new or used, after you buy your van, they really take care of you. With Coachman Class B, you have all the options. Coachman builds on all three van platforms. On the Mercedes Sprinter is the Coachman Galleria. The Ford Transit is the Coachman Beyond. And Ram Promaster is the Coachman Nova. Lastly, best value for money. We've had our van for two years and Coachman builds to the highest standards of quality and craftsmanship. You can't go wrong with a Coachman Class B. So if you're interested, check out the link in our description and find the Coachman van that's best for you. All right, we're back. Um, yeah, see, we're getting better. <laughs> we're getting better at this. Yeah, I really, I really do think, though, that we're starting to move in kind of that European direction. Uh, uh, not just um, these things getting wanting to be smaller, more efficient. I think people are coming down a lot from Class A's and fifth wheels and all of that because gas prices are staying really high. There's all, you know, we've got inflation, all kinds of different things are going on. So we're probably now starting to move in the direction of the rest of the world, you know. And as, as electrification becomes a thing, one, to me, one of the benefits of electrification is that they should last longer. Believe it or not, that's the benefit of having an electric car, let's say. You've got less moving parts, less things are going to deteriorate, and it should last longer. But I think that goes for everything. If we bought things and didn't change them all the time, <laughs> it would be better. If you care about the planet, I think that's something that's going to affect the planet. We shouldn't just be trading out of things all the time. We, they, sh they should last longer, so... Uh, that's my little but that goes back to your 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 earlier comment and question mm -hmm. with regards you know why do we design things the way we do um, mm -hmm. does it add some additional cost in the the upfront um, it's an upfront investment you know um, the the truma combi as a technology the heating system uh, the two-in-one heating system that you have in your vehicle um, that technology has been evolved over the last 20 years mm -hmm. um, you know we spend a lot of time refining and improving refining and improving um, the technology to the point where you, it's hard to it's hard to make something better, um, and that's that's also um, 
you know, part of our philosophy is that, uh, you know, it, it's supposed to last. It'll uh, hopefully it lasts longer than than the van does. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't want you just driving around with the heater um, later on, but uh, you know that mm -hmm. that will outlast some of the other equipment that you have in that vehicle. And our goal, again, whether it's over-engineered or not, it's engineered for um, for the lifetime of, of the vehicle. Whether you keep yeah. that for 10, 15 years, um, that product will operate flawlessly for that time. Yeah, that's like your cooler. Your cooler is built like a tank. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> Kudos to you guys. I have the bigger version. I'm going to get a smaller version as well. That thing is built so tough. I mean, you can sit on it, jump on it. You know, knock it around. I, I love that, was, that. So that that product. Uh, so the history of that product. It was actually designed by a German, okay. who was living in Australia. Okay. Um, where the, probably the harshest conditions that you can have in in mm -hmm. as far as heat and dust and uh, um, things that'll kill you. Yeah, um, I'm showing the true. I'm showing it right now. There's di there's different yeah, sizes so, um, of these. You know, that product is mm -hmm. has been made for the outback of uh, mm -hmm. of Australia. And uh, yeah, okay. Um, you know, we, we do offer it in, in eight different uh, sizes, dual zones. Mm -hmm. um, you can use it as a refrigerator or as a freezer. And it yeah. is uh, the same technology as the refrigerator in your house. Yeah. Um, so fairly silent, uh, high efficient uh, compressor um, system in there. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, you talked about being able to stand on it or jump up and down. It actually, mm -hmm. the cover itself actually has a steel reinforced plate in it. Mm -hmm. um, which allows us to leave it out in the sun so it, it stops the, the cover from warping because yeah. well, you don't want it to warp. If you close it, then it doesn't create a seal and then it, it's inefficient in its cooling process. So there is, um, you know, you use that word over-engineering. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's engineering with purpose mm -hmm. um, and, and there's always a reason behind uh, the engineering that goes into things. People don't always see it. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah, there's always... Uh, you know, it, it costs more, but uh, as you mentioned, um, if you paid a little bit more and it last, it lasted longer that I didn't have to throw it out every two years, I think people, most people would logically um, invest, make that investment into, um, into those products that last a little bit longer. Absolutely. If I could have broken it, I would have already. And, uh, my, <laughs> my, and by the way, my cooler did come from Truma. Um, you know, we, we do have a relationship with them. So I'm, I, I'm testing these things. I'm telling you if I could have broken it. <laughs> so one of the things that that lid can actually flip over, you can open it on any side. <laughs> and I thought in the beginning, I was like, Oh, I'm going to break this trying to do this. I no, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. It's just really tough. I, I'm impressed by it. And, and I think that makes it, you know, useful for so many things. And in this world, right, things are expensive. So when we buy things, you know, doing what I'm doing on YouTube, obviously people send things to me, but I buy things, right, as well. They tend to be expensive. If you buy something that's expensive, you want to be able to use it in multiple different ways. I think I was telling you before we started here, I use that cooler in the house here in Florida because, you know, you, you, get, you can go out of power and I can actually hook up a battery to that thing and still run it. So if we if a hurricane or something else comes through and we lose power, I can hook up a battery to that and not lose uh, frozen things and all that, and then still have cool stuff to drink while it's hot in the house. Yeah, or you throw it in the back of your your vehicle and plug it in. Uh, you know, it plugs yep. into a cigarette lighter. So on the road, take it to your kids' uh, soccer game. Um, it, there's 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 a thousand uses for. Um, mm -hmm. For that type of system, you know, at Thanksgiving's coming up, and you want to store that uh, extra um, ham and turkey or, or roast beef that you're making, and have more people coming over to the house. It gives you an expansion of your refrigerator as well. And for me, I think uh, from a technology side and using it in a recreational vehicle is kind of interesting because, especially in an RV in a small mm -hmm. B van where you have a limited amount of space, having being able to extend that. Um, and I, I talked earlier about ROI. Um, you can use it while you're traveling. You can take it out and you can put it in the house. You can put it on your patio and have. You some can use it when you're shopping, for example, if you're going to be out shopping. Use it when you're shopping in the back yeah. of your car. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, and, and you want that, right? I think you want to be able to. If you're going to spend the money on this thing, I think it's worth the money. If you're going to spend the money on it, you want to be able to use this in multiple things. I think that's the reason why I'm trying to encourage you guys to make more stuff that I need. 
right? You know, <laughs> get it to oh, make it we'll some batteries. And get, yeah. to get your list. Hey. Yeah, make some portable AC units. Portable AC units. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, but really and truly, I think that's the thing here, right? When you look at things, when I'm looking at things, I'm like, okay, I can have this and use it in multiple ways. I could use it in my van. I could use it in the house. I could use it when um when we're uh, traveling here in Florida, for example, just a short distance or a long distance. So, yeah. Um, let me see here. Lola says along this line. Lola says, uh, Truman makes some great some great products. I love the cooler and the Aventa AC. I think the AC can be installed aftermarket. Are there specific places that folks can go to do this upgrade? And pretty much everything you guys are doing, it's not just for the big builders, right? Because I see people using Truma stuff in their own personal DIY builds that they're that they're doing. Uh, probably, I don't know what you've seen in the DIY. Mm -hmm. So typically, mm -hmm. we we try to um, and we talked earlier about. Mm -hmm. uh, you know some of the stigmas around things and mm -hmm. um we are very cautious as far as uh, our our um, supply of products um, mm -hmm. we want to ensure that it is installed properly um you you talked earlier about you know it takes a little bit sometimes to understand the product and it's not immediately um intuitive in certain cases and there are some technology things that we have in our products that it, it needs to be installed correctly so we do we do offer um, water heating systems as an aftermarket install through our dealer network as well mm -hmm. as our um, mobile service uh, teams. Um, they're actually located in. We have one in Florida where we have a brick and mortar in Lakeland. And we have two uh, service technicians there that can support you. We have a guy in Florida, um, um, in Arizona as well as in Texas, and we have our facility in. Elkhart, Indiana, where we have two service bays where we can support customers with uh, retrofits of um, both the air conditioning system and um, a water heater right now at this time. The combi heater is a little bit more complicated um, because it's a two-in-one system, um, mm -hmm. because it has a ducting system, it, it complicates uh, doing a retrofit. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if typically if we're working with a um a, an upfitter or a, a diy it's probably somebody that has come to us where we're working directly with them to support them in building okay. out that unit with our technicians to ensure that it is installed properly so it is critical for us to ensure um, proper installation um, and you know you talked about all those systems in the vehicle um, making sure that the systems and part of our um, you know you, you showed a video of nick riccio there um, mm -hmm. you know my team is my team is on the ground constantly at the OEMs, ensuring and auditing um, the installations once once a decision has been made, but also in the prototyping of new vehicles um, to ensure that uh, um, all the systems work together. Right, um, we have a heating system and a hot water system that uses both 120 volt, 12 volt, and propane. There's a lot of different systems that have to work together in the vehicle, and then it has to go to a control panel. And sometimes that control panel is connected to a, a third control panel. Um, our goal is, as I mentioned earlier, is to make sure that you have a carefree um, camping experience. And mm -hmm. it starts with making sure that it's installed properly right from the beginning. Okay, that's a good point to make then. In the DIY stuff, you so for people who are building their own vans, you guys are okay with that, but they need to come to your installers for that. It would be right. very, it would be very yeah. unique Hank, for us okay. to, to do that as far as uh, um, okay. a DIY. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we're we're constantly been asked. We've been in the market mm -hmm. now for for ten years. Mm -hmm. um, we're always exploring opportunities. We have done some uh, mm -hmm. work with upfitters that are building mm -hmm. uh, vans or that people take their vans to mm -hmm. um, a direct to a consumer. Um, you know, it's it's also important that I have the right proper level of service mm -hmm. um, to support not only customers buying OEM equipment, um, but you can imagine the additional um, strain that would put on a call center if if everyone wanted to install something and they don't, it's if it's German technology and it's it's not foreign, it's somewhat foreign to them, the questions that they would go through. Um, and when there's a problem, the amount of effort. So we want to scale okay. our business appropriately as well to make sure mm -hmm. that we can support um, and we don't want disgruntled customers. And that's, that is always our number one focus. We want to be customer centric. Um, and that means sometimes that we don't do things that people 
would rather that we would do right so okay so like you're saying like if, if the person built their van themselves and you guys are not sure of what all the different components are that's not really something you want to get involved in but let's say because i guess the reason why i'm saying that so for example like uh my the coachman beyond that's been a very popular thing for folks to do mm -hmm. to upgrade i had the coleman ac in my van which to me yep. was was great i think your your ac is a lot better um i had that Thank installed you. by professionals but I know there are a lot of people doing it, but they have to go through either some professional place or someone that you guys authorize, right? Or yeah, so we spend a lot of time training. Okay. We spend a lot mm -hmm. of time training uh, dealers, upfitters, and OEMs mm -hmm. to ensure that things are installed properly. We have certain mm -hmm. requirements. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I still hear, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, Gen Xers out there that say, you know, I've been installing... Um, uh, I've been installing things and fixing my RV for 20 years. I can do it myself, mm -hmm. type thing, and that that's fine. That's great, but uh, mm -hmm. we're not in we're not in the market to immediately support that. Um, and we again, you know, especially when you're dealing with uh, with fumes. And I saw somebody pop yeah, up. Yeah, that's what Vanessa Kitty was saying. Yeah, like there are exhaust fumes. There are safety be. rules. There are mm -hmm. safety rules that uh, mm -hmm. that come into play. Mm -hmm. um that uh you know exhaust yeah. fumes must be away from the source yeah so yeah. there are there are rules and regulations that we have to follow that the manufacturers need to follow with regards to the mm -hmm. national fire protection association the nfpa 1192 is the standard that the rvia industry mm -hmm. uses that is the guideline that we use to ensure things are installed properly and safe um, okay. so again we would rather err on the side of safety um, we talked about that stigma of things being safe, and our mm -hmm. our default position is always we'd rather be safe than um, than having a disgruntled DIY person that wants to get something. Like your vehicle, though, where you have an existing OEM vehicle where we're swapping out uh, an air conditioner, um, we obviously work with uh, Coachman as a customer of ours, um, mm -hmm. and uh, we understand what it takes to install that air conditioner. Um, our next step, obviously, uh, Coachman is doing that work, but uh, our, our next step is to train um, dealers and upfitters in the capability to do that so that you have original equipment installs, right? Um, yeah. There's still some things that need to be done um, to make sure that that, pro that equipment fits properly uh, on the vehicle and it doesn't fly off when you're doing 80 miles down and out, uh, yeah. down the highway. Yeah, remember the liabilities here. Um and if things go wrong, obviously... And I don't lawyers, want to go to jail, Hank. Yeah, lawyers know how to find you. <laughs> They're really good at that. So so that what the, the question that that brings up here for me is, you know, there are some things. So, for example, I could buy the cooler and just put it in any van that I have, right? So there are some things you guys are developing like that. Are you thinking about doing more of those kinds of developments? So let's say I wanted to heat up water but I'm building my own thing, maybe something self-contained I buy from you, and that allow, you know, that has everything that I can hook up, shower, and do what I need to do? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's always ideas out there mm -hmm. of, of technology mm -hmm. that we could bring to market. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're still in the business of, of mm -hmm. selling things as well, so it has to have some level of, mm -hmm. of uh, viability for us. Um, mm -hmm. And... Uh, that's that's kind of you know i talked earlier about the pricing level it, the mm -hmm. price to do you know to build a hundred of something is is a lot higher than to build uh, thousands of something so right. it's always part of the part of looking at you know what what can be done what makes sense what is the market asking for um and mm -hmm. can we support uh, the market or do we wait kind of until there's a market shift um like the electrification now of, of vehicles where we see that there's a, a shift in technology it's becoming more mainstream and we need to be able to support that on a day-to-day -day basis okay i'll make a list for you and send it to you i need portable hot water so i could put when my cyber truck comes in man i got what how am i gonna survive you know how am i gonna go from my van where i have a i can have a hot shower in the cyber truck i need to have a hot shower mark come on I don't know where you're standing up in your cyber truck. But... <laughs> there's the bed. I think there's going to be some bed camper things that people are going to do. I, I, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll a... still wait. I'll still waiting for that that truck to come. How how many years late is it now? Uh, it's yeah, it's kind of late. It's several years. Several years. Several I think. Years? Okay. I think November thirtieth, they are going to start releasing them. Which, uh, did they say which year though? Uh, this year, actually. This year. Okay. Yeah, that was in there. Uh... <laughs> oh, you're funny. <laughs> 
Yes, I know. It's been a long wait. It's been a long wait. The prices have also... I'll have a portable water heater for you on November 30th as well. Oh, okay. I just won't All say right. which year. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, don't do the Elon Musk thing. <laughs> you know, and say, yeah, we'll, we'll have it next. We'll have it this year, sure. He likes, this... he likes taking people's deposits, I think. Right, there you go. Yeah, well, they got a lot of deposits for that Cybertruck. I know they got mine. <laughs> they definitely have mine. I think they have oh, somewhere between a million and two million. Okay. Yeah, so just... Well, he's, just got a fun, he's got a fun SpaceX and Twitter. Story. Right. <laughs> well, you know, this is how it goes, man. We, got, we have to get to Mars, I guess. <laughs> you know? Um, I'll be happy to just get around America, to be honest, you know. Okay. I look forward this... to your list and uh, working yeah. with our engineering team, Hank, to uh, <laughs> right, get through right. those ideas. Absolutely. They're going to put then, me on block. You add how much you want to pay for each one of those those ideas next oh. time, okay? Oh, okay. I know you don't okay. want to pay that much. Right, yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. If I can put how much I want to pay, it's going to be a low number. <laughs> Uh, Vanessa, just to get to Vanessa uh, Kitty's comment, she said propane is fine. Certain forces in this world do not want us using gas, etc., any longer. But they're not worried on heating and cooking. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that fossil uh, fuels. Uh, I, yeah. I can tell Vanessa I'm not getting rid mm -hmm. of my fossil fuel car either. So. Right. I. I, yeah, I've got several cars, and you know I won't do it either. When when yeah. gas prices get tough, I drive the van everywhere. Right. So there you go. Lola also has a uh, Lola has a Model X from Tesla as well, which is pretty good. Um, and then Truma, this is your this is your people. They said send us your list, Hank. We love a new challenge. Don't you Great. don't? Yeah, you don't really want me sending you lists. It's gonna it's gonna get. <laughs> You're going to have to give me a dedicated email for that. Uh, okay. Yeah, and Vanessa Kitty also says, I'm building up a portable toilet and a privacy shelter to use it. There you go. That's the thing. Yeah, you guys going to get into toilets? I think you should make every component. <laughs> every single component. Every Mark. single component? Uh, I don't. Uh, toilets are. That's uh, a messy job, Hank. I don't. Oh, want to okay. Anytime anybody mentions toilets, I'm 100% like, no. I will not touch a toilet. If anyone could build a perfect toilet, it will be the Germans. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll yeah. let somebody else deal with that one. Um, oh, okay. I, I would assume you guys can put a, have the first portable bidet toilet. There you go. I'll yeah. add it to your list. Yeah, there you go. There's a really good November South... 30th. There's a really good South Park episode on bidets everyone should look up. And we're going to have to carry this over. But um, Lola says, uh, what's uh, the, what's Truma's partnership with Aldi US? Okay, I got So it. there's I got like 10 less, seconds. There's Aldi, 10 seconds. Yeah. 10 we'll, seconds. Aldi is part of the Truma family, is part of the mm -hmm. Truma group. Um, they produce heating uh, hot water systems that use hydronic. So they use a glycol system. And we support it in North America, both on the service and sales side. Oh, okay. So that's something. It, and how long has this relationship been going? Is it a few years? Very recent? Um, actually, the family purchased all day in the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, that, that company has been around um, since mm -hmm. the um, almost the same amount of time as Truma. So 74 years. So it's an old, old company, Swedish company. Okay. Um, and uh, very interesting technology when it comes to heating. A very natural heating uh, solution, um, different than a forced air system. Oh, okay, okay. Very common in Europe to use hydronic or radiant heat. Um, not not as normal in, in North America, unless mm -hmm. you've got some multi-million dollar house. But uh, mm -hmm. um, or people are, are familiar with forced air systems in North America. But if you're oh. looking for the ultimate heating solution, then you typically uh, you want to get into a radiant heat. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I need. I'll. Uh, so, and what do you have that in any vehicles that are out there? RVs, RV wise. Yeah. So, um, Airstream right uses it uh, okay. in their in their high end classic trailer, and mm -hmm. New Camp, um, who builds the the tab trailers, mm -hmm. they're the largest uh, producer of. Uh, um, is that shape? Can't think of the name right now. Mm -hmm. um, like the tear, is it teardrop or teardrop? Yeah, the oh, okay. largest producer of teardrop trailers in the world, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. they use it exclusively on on their mm -hmm. vehicles. Um, mm -hmm. uh, again, it, it does provide a different type of heating uh, solution, and it also is a two-in-one system where it 
um, offers both heat and hot water. Oh, okay. And you say so. You you think it would not be practical in a van, right? So we're not going to see that. No, in no, vans, we've, we've installed them in vans, and we oh, do okay. install them in vans. Um, mm-hmm. There's just this currently today. There's no OEMs that use that technology okay. um, in North America right now. Oh, okay. And then I think before we go, you guys announced a new AC. There's a bunch of different products that Truma is making that you guys can look up, but you, there is a new AC out as well, right? Yeah. So we just introduced the Truma Saphir. Okay. Um, and that product is meant for an underbench or under, um, okay. under cabinet mm-hmm. um, install. Um, mm-hmm. So it gets things off the roof, lowers your center of gravity. Um, and this product uh, provides both heating and cooling uh, with 120 volts. Oh, heating and cooling. And it's, so I'm guessing it could be side vented then. Since it's... No, it uh, it doesn't. It actually vents through the floor. So, like oh, okay. an air conditioner, you need to have an air circulation around the condenser. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we actually provide the cooling for the condenser through the floor. So that's oh. why it has to be mounted on the floor, okay. um, so that we can provide that energy exchange um, with the fans mm-hmm. through the floor. Okay, awesome, awesome. Let me give a couple of shout outs here before we wrap up. I see uh, my friend Joe from Shooting Gallery out there, uh, as well as Ham Radio 2.0 is out there. Shout out to Ham Radio 2.0 and some other folks that are uh, coming in here right now. I, um, uh, you know, I'm gonna do a follow up with you. We're gonna, we'll, I'll try to get maybe come out to Elkhart, do some live stuff, show people products and things like that. I think. Well, you will know, you be at the Tampa show, Hank? Uh, I definitely will be at the Tampa show. We yes. can we can meet at the Tampa show and we can do a we can do a, a review of the products there. We can talk oh, cool. a little bit more. Um, our facility is in Lakeland. Um, mm-hmm. you can always you can always visit uh, mm-hmm. Dave and Bruce in Lakeland as well, and they can provide you some more information. Oh, that'd um, be fun. Absolutely. So, and then for folks out there, you're going to see us. Lola and I are going to SEMA show which is next week, so we'll be out there. I may see some of the Truma folks out there as well. Um, I know you guys don't have a booth, but th- there there may be some folks out there. There'll be some people there. wandering around, but it's a pretty yeah. big show, Hank. So. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. I'll be mostly in the overlanding section, but I cannot okay. resist going to look at the cars and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm all into the cars. Crazy about that. So, uh you know, you guys will definitely see me out there. Okay, so you know what, Mark? For the folks who are listening to this, they want to find out more about Truma. Uh, where do you suggest they go? Uh, Truma.net is our is our website in North America, and that outlines all the products that we have available. Um, we have a toll-free number. I can send it to you, Hank. Maybe you can post it up um, mm-hmm. as well. We'll put it in the, um, in, um, the description. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can put it in the chat, or if somebody's watching from Truma, they can type it into the chat. If there is any questions with relate related to the products, again, we want to our, our goal is to support and make uh, educate people on that there is different technology out there um, mm-hmm. and uh, um, help uh, help people make informed decisions and you know change the world a little bit by having more efficient and not throwing things away. Yes, and also you guys can help me, uh, you know, make a real long list so I can send to the Truma guys. Yeah, of, start the list. <laughs> yeah, what you would like to see, Bill? Yes. All right, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, call it wraps here on on this segment. Uh, it's been it's been fun talking to Mark. I hope you'll you'll come back here and you know that we'll get to do more things. Big thanks to everyone who's out there that helped us out. Oh, I see Denise. Is in the chat as well. There you go. Denise says, thank you, Mark and Hank and Lola. See you in Tampa. Absolutely. We'll see you guys. Let me know if there's any. Leave questions here in the chat here, and we'll get the folks from Truma to look at those questions. If you guys have any kind of issues or anything like that with your bands, we'll, we'll, this is a good opportunity to have these guys look at that. Thanks so much, Mark. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, that's it. We'll see you guys on the next one. Mark, you Thanks stay right there. Oh. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys. We're out of here. Bye.